welcome. This is a message from Victory Church. We trust you'll be inspired and encouraged by today's message. Well, I want to continue our series this morning. Series we started three weeks ago. This is week four. No, sorry, this is week three. And it's something I've just called Go. Obviously, there's a new television station out there called Go, Channel 99. So I thought I would just kind of just play on that a little bit, hence the Go logo. And uh, we would just share on God's heart about going. And so if you have your Bibles, please turn with me to Matthew chapter 28, the verse that we've read every week so far. Verse 18 says, Therefore, go. Everyone say, Go. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. This portion of Scripture is what is known as the Great Commission. In other words, it was a common mission of the early church. It was something that God said that he wanted every believer to be involved in. And the early church just grabbed that thought and ran with it. And they got involved. And as a result, the early church grew extremely fast and made disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything. I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. This portion of Scripture is what is known as the Great Commission. In other words, it was a common mission of the early church. It was something that God said that He wanted every believer to be involved in. And the early church just grabbed that thought and ran with it. And they got involved and as a result, the early church grew extremely fast and made disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. This portion of Scripture is what is known as the Great Commission. In other words, it was a common mission of the early church. It was something that God said that He wanted every believer to be involved in, and the early church just grabbed that thought and ran with it. And they got involved, and as a result, the early church grew extremely fast and made disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. This portion of Scripture is what is known as the Great Commission. In other words, it was a common mission of the early church. It was something that God said 
that he wanted every believer to be involved in. And the early church just grabbed that thought and ran with it. And they got involved. And as a result, the early church grew extremely fast and made disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. This portion of Scripture is what is known as the Great Commission. In other words, it was a common mission of the early church. It was something that God said that He wanted every believer to be involved in, and the early church just grabbed that thought and ran with it. And they got involved, and as a result, the early church grew extremely fast and made disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. This portion of Scripture is what is known as the Great Commission. In other words, it was a common mission of the early church. It was something that God said that He wanted every believer to be involved in, and the early church just grabbed that thought and ran with it. And they got involved, and as a result, the early church grew extremely fast and made disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. This portion of Scripture is what is known as the Great Commission. In other words, it was a common mission of the early church. It was something that God said that He wanted every believer to be involved in. And the early church just grabbed that thought and ran with it. And they got involved, and as a result, the early church grew extremely fast. God, because to love more, you need more of God. So much of what we cry out for is not the answer. We think we need more money, we think we need more time. But you know what? In essence, we actually need more of God. Paul had a problem with people. And they were like a thorn in his flesh. And it says, three times I pleaded with the Lord to remove those people to remove that thorn in my flesh. And the Lord was silent on that. But He did answer. He did answer Paul and the answer that came was, you don't need less people in your life, you just need more of me in your life. He says, my grace is sufficient for you. And so Paul had this over-spiritual, he was being devious. It sounds spiritual. Not everything that sounds spiritual is spiritual. He says, Jesus, I'm, I'm just really concerned. What's the greatest commandment? And so Jesus answers this way on in churches today. See, if we don't get it right here, all the activity under the sun, all the box, we don't have enough people to get smashed up every week. 
We can't just keep having boxing matches. That's not the answer. We want to lovingly beat the stuffing out of them. If we don't love people, all we'll do is have a night of entertainment. But we are not here to entertain. We are here to reach and to engage our community. But if we don't love God and we don't love people, we're not going to cut it. On in churches today. See, if we don't get it right here, all the activity under the sun, all the box, we don't have enough people to get smashed up every week. We can't just keep having boxing matches. That's not the answer. We want to lovingly beat the stuffing out of them. If we don't love people, all we'll do is have a night of entertainment. But we are not here to entertain. We are here to reach and to engage our community. But if we don't love God and we don't love people, we're not going to cut it. On in churches today. See, if we don't get it right here, all the activity under the sun, all the box, we don't have enough people to get smashed up every week. We can't just keep having boxing matches. That's not the answer. We want to lovingly beat the stuffing out of them. If we don't love people, all we'll do is have a night of entertainment. But we are not here to entertain. We are here to reach and to engage our community. But if we don't love God and we don't love people, we're not going to cut it. On in churches today. See, if we don't get it right here, all the activity under the sun, all the box, we don't have enough people to get smashed up every week. We can't just keep having boxing matches. That's not the answer. We want to lovingly beat the stuffing out of them. If we don't love people, all we'll do is have a night of entertainment. But we are not here to entertain. We are here to reach and to engage our community. But if we don't love God and we don't love people, we're not going to cut it. On in churches today. See, if we don't get it right here, all the activity under the sun, all the box, we don't have enough people to get smashed up every week. We can't just keep having boxing matches. That's not the answer. We want to lovingly beat the stuffing out of them. If we don't love people, all we'll do is have a night of entertainment. But we are not here to entertain. We are here to reach and to engage our community. But if we don't love God and we don't love people, we're not going to cut it. On in churches today. See, if we don't get it right here, all the activity under the sun, all the box, we don't have enough people to get smashed up every week. We can't just keep having boxing matches. That's not the answer. 
We want to lovingly beat the stuffing out of them. If we don't love people, all we'll do is have a night of entertainment. But we are not here to entertain. We are here to reach and to engage our community. But if we don't love God and we don't love people, we're not going to cut it. On in churches today. See, if we don't get it right here, all the activity under the sun, all the box, we don't have enough people to get smashed up every week. We can't just keep having boxing matches. That's not the answer. We want to lovingly beat the stuffing out of them. If we don't love people, all we'll do is have a night of entertainment. But we are not here to entertain. We are here to reach and to engage our community. But if we don't love God and we don't love people, we're not going to cut it. On in churches today. See, if we don't get it right here, all the activity under the sun, all the box, we don't have enough people to get smashed up every week. We can't just keep having boxing matches. That's not the answer. We want to lovingly beat the stuffing out of them. If we don't love people, all we'll do is have a night of entertainment. But we are not here to entertain. We are here to reach and to engage our community. But if we don't love God and we don't love people, we're not going to cut it. On in churches today. See, if we don't get it right here, all the activity under the sun, all the box, we don't have enough people to get smashed up every week. We can't just keep having boxing matches. That's not the answer. We want to lovingly beat the stuffing out of them. If we don't love people, all we'll do is have a night of entertainment. But we are not here to entertain. We are here to reach and to engage our community. But if we don't love God and we don't love people, we're not going to cut it. If we don't love people, all we'll do is have a night of entertainment. But we are not here to entertain. We are here to reach and to engage our community. But if we don't love God and we don't love people, we're not going to cut it. And I believe herein lies the problem with the church today, by and large, is a lack of love. And the reason I say these things as strongly as I do is because I realize that often we don't think of God and we don't think of eternity until there's a tragedy. As a pastor, whenever there's a tragedy, I get called immediately to come and when I ask to come and pray with us, there's resistance. Can you imagine if we as a pastoral team responded to your prayer needs the way many of you do to us in our asking for you to attend our prayer meeting? 
Can you imagine you've got a loved one that's dying and say, can I pray? I said, no, I'm busy enough already. Stop putting pressure on me. I'm emotional today because this sickens me. I don't have to pray for your father. I don't have to pray for your mother. And some of the people that have asked me to pray for them couldn't be bothered to get here just a little bit early and pray with us. What's the matter with the church today? Us. We are. Because we don't love enough. You can't do the Great Commission without the Great Commandment. I want to talk about the life of Jesus and I want to look at his life and what he did so that we can use it as a model for us to follow. But I can't start there today. Because there's something not right in our hearts most of the time. Tasted and no human conflict or natural disaster. Could you be satisfied in heaven Without Christ. See, being a Christian is about coming to Christ. It's not coming to prosperity. It's not coming to healing. We come to Him. And when tragedy strikes, it doesn't change our love for Him because we have met Him. Have you ever seen someone saw him? He was yellow. He was oompa loompa yellow. I mean, he was, he was like, he was yellow orange. He, 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 his body just, it was unbelievable. You couldn't imagine the body could ever look like that. But we didn't stop loving him. We didn't stop visiting him. We didn't stop giving to him because what happens to him and what he looks like has got nothing to do with the relationship I had with him. I didn't come to Max to get something from him. I knew I wasn't going to get much from Max. Except a little bit of trouble. But when you love someone, you stick with them no matter what. Isn't that right? Yeah? So why is it the most Stephen, to further the Great Commission? You know, the Great Commission was to go into all the world. The trouble is, by Acts chapter 7, they hadn't gone anywhere. They just stayed in Jerusalem. And so God had to do something. And the moment Stephen was killed and great persecution broke out against the church, the church ended up scattering and the purposes of God were achieved. This is my concern for the church. That we don't move until there's tragedy. And it doesn't have to be that way. In Acts chapter 12, a couple of the disciples were imprisoned and James was killed. A lot of the poppies at least got to face us. But my little poppy was on the back row and she wasn't facing us. This is what she did. This was her role. Oops. Don't, don't want to give her a cheap thrill this morning. This is what she did in this scene. And she had a flower on her head.
And we're like, where's Jordan? Where's Jordan? Can you imagine Jordan coming home and saying, the play was all about me? I say, really? And some two-bit actor has less than a second on screen. And all you saw was the back of his head in a blurred scene in a crowd. And we get all the family to come and watch the film and say, oh, you've got to see this film. It's, 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 I'm in a film. I'm in a film. It's, I'm in a film. And we make the whole film about me. And you watch the whole film and I didn't even see you. That's what we do with our lives. We are not the attraction. We're in a movie and the star is Christ. Not you, not me. We're just some two-bit actor that gets a brief showing. And to make it all about us. Can you imagine the two-bit actor going to the director and saying, I want a pay rise, I want this, I want that, I want <laughs> Dude, we don't need you. This is not about you. This film is not about you. And can I say, this life is not about you. It's not about me. The Bible says, what would it profit you if you gained the whole world but forfeited your soul? In John chapter 14, verse 15, Jesus said, I'm going to repeat that. Jesus said, if you love me, you will obey what I command. My job should be one of the easiest jobs in the world. To speak to a load of people that profess Christianity and because they're so in love with Jesus, I just remind us of what Jesus said and we just do it. But the fact that there's so many struggles, I have to question, do we really love him? I refuse to get involved in a debate as to whether tithing is New Testament or not. If you love him, you will obey him. The question is not whether you should give 10% or 20% or 5%. The question is, do you love him? Do I have to, you know, go out to work and bring money home to look after my wife? What a stupid question. The answer is, would you love her? You don't start with, well, actually, I think it would be good. And I think if you give her at least 5% of your wage, that would be good. I think that would be a good What a stupid question. I'm going to say that again. I just like the sound of it. What a stupid question. Do you love her? Jesus said to go... And to baptize and make disciples and tell them to obey. Because there's a, there's a, 
There's an understanding that there's love there. To be a Christian, you've got to love Christ. And the obedience comes out of love. And so if you see this event on Friday as an opportunity to love on our mates, it's not whether you should be there or not. It's not whether you should invite anybody or not. It's how much do you love your friends? How much do you love Jesus? How much do you love the church? See, Jesus didn't say, go and make disciples and tell them to pick and choose whatever truth they liked. In Luke 14, verse 33, it says, In the same way, any of you who does not give up everything cannot be my disciple. Jesus says, go and make disciples, and, and what it is to be a disciple is to give up everything. <laughs> my job is to make disciples. And part of making disciples is to tell us as disciples to give up everything. And then all hell breaks loose. And then we get the argument that tithing is not New Testament. I'm not asking you to give 10%. I'm asking you to give everything. Because that's what Jesus has asked us to do. See, the biggest problem with Christianity today is not warlords and witches and demons. The biggest opponent to the church is mediocrity. You know when people say, ah, Christians, I'm sick of Christians. Because they tar now all Christians with the same brush. But most people that are sick of Christians haven't dealt with real Christians. They've dealt with idiots who call themselves Christians. If I said, who's a Christian in space? We'd put a hand up without even thinking about it. But if your mum and dad was a Christian, it doesn't make you a Christian. If you've been to church, it doesn't make you a Christian. Being a Christian is coming smack bang and having an encounter with Christ. And we look at him and say, him great, me not. Him big, me small. Him right, me wrong. You lead, me follow. That's Christianity. Christianity is not just a tag. We throw, I'm a Christian. And that's why Jesus says in Revelation, I know your deeds, that you are neither hot nor cold. I wish you were one or the other. But because you are lukewarm, neither hot or cold, I'm about to spit you out of my mouth. Lukewarmness makes Christ sick. Why? Because it blurs the edges of what Christ came to do. It confuses people. There are people that you know in your world that desperately want help and they desperately want Christ. They don't know it yet, but they want Christ. But they've been put off by too many stupid people that call themselves Christians. And so they give up on Christianity and go into another religion. And I say all that to say this. That the answer to what I'm sharing this morning is to not hate me and it's not to try harder 
But the answer is found in loving more. And can I say that you don't have enough love to love the way I'm talking about? But God. Paul was up to his wit's end with people. He said, remove this flesh, this thorn from my flesh. But he found the answer was more of God. People will let you down. People in this church will let you down. I will definitely let you down. But where there's love, it covers a multitude of sins. The testimony of the early church was like, they were like no other people I've ever met before. They were pure and holy and blameless. See, if we were just Christians and started acting like it, witnessing, inverted commas, wouldn't be so difficult at all. But people are trying to work us out. Because we say one thing, but we do another. We say, come to church, it's awesome, man. But then we get on Facebook and say, F this and B that and C the other. And, and, and we confuse our friends. And it's not that we make mistakes and it's not that we sin, it's that we don't even know we're sinning. And so we don't even think to apologize. When I came to Christ, that's exactly what I did. I came to Christ. I've been let down so many times. I have let myself down so many times. I've buried people numerous times. We've stood with families and prayed over and believed that God could raise them up at any moment and then buried them. And in my moment of weakness, when I felt like giving up, and I felt like giving in, just like you have, I went on a little search and I found God every time. Like Job, who lost all his family. He lost his business. The only thing he kept in his life was his nagging wife, of which I'm sure he said, Lord, take her. If you're going to take the rest of my family, at least take her, but no. And then he gets sores and boils all over his body. But the Bible tells us that in the midst of tragedy, he finds God. Because God is there to be found. And in the midst of it all, he's able to say those words, I know my Redeemer lives. And so the answer is never in trying hard. I struggle just like you do. I'm not a good dad. I'm not a good husband. I'm not a good leader. I'm not a good preacher. I'm not a good pastor. I struggle in all of those areas. But I do have one who is perfect and pure in every way. And in my weakness, I find grace in him. I find wisdom in him. 
I implement the wisdom he gives me, and then people call me wise, I have a chuckle to myself and say, Lord, you know. You know how unwise I really am. They think I'm wise. Thank you, Lord. There's nothing to boast about other than God. None of us know if we'll be here tonight. Life on this earth is that uncertain. But the truth is, very few of us think about it. Outside of Jesus, my dad is my hero. And what makes him my hero is his commitment to Christ. See, my dad, unlike many Christians I know, is a man who lives with eternity in mind. And he's a man who understands that this life is not about this life. And as a young kid growing up, seeing my dad at his worst, every argument was always ended with these words, in light of eternity, Tony, what's it matter? How many of you in the last week have thought about eternity? And it's this view, this high view of God, and this view of eternity and spending time with Him that is the driving force and the motivating factor to us getting our blokey mates here on Friday night. Not because the pastor says, not because to be at victory you've got to do this. It's because as a Christian it's the least I can do. Because I fell in love with a man. And outside of Christ that sounds really weird for me to say that. But I can say, say it loud and unashamedly because this man is like no other man. He saved my life. There was a death penalty over my life and Jesus paid that price. And I'm forever grateful to him. So what's the answer? It's found in James chapter 4 verse 8. Come near to God and he will come near to you. See, it's not to beat yourself up now. It's not to get on a guilt trip now. It's just to come to Him. All you who are weary and heavy laden, come to me, I'll give you rest. The invitation to the lukewarm church is to come to me. That's why, that it was, God, what He reveals, He wants to heal. And so God doesn't say, you're lukewarm, just to say we're lukewarm, but to highlight something and then say, but you know what? In your lukewarmness, come to me and you can be red hot on fire again. Yes. To sit here and tell me that you are not lukewarm and that you have just been in the presence of God all week, that would be true for some, I'm sure. But probably for the majority, we don't think about God at all. You can even read your Bible and not think about God. The Pharisees said, what's the greatest commandment? And Jesus didn't say, you've got to work hard and struggle. And so he said, just love. Love God, love people. Paul got it down to one. These three remain, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest is love. God in his complexity makes it really simple. 
Don't worry about the book of Revelation and all the red horses and the green horses and the pale horses and the pink horses and the spotted dope ones are wearing bikinis with polka dot. Don't worry about those. Just love. And so this is what I do when I'm in my lukewarm, pathetic, weakened state. I don't want to blame people. And if you are blaming people right now, your eyes are not on Christ. And you're in the category of the lukewarm. But in that lukewarm state, this is what I do. Because I'm lukewarm too often, it scares me. But in my lukewarm state, I've learned this with God, to get real with him. And so I tell him how I feel. And you can do the same. I'm honest and I tell him, Lord, right now you're not the most important thing in my life. Because you know what? He knows it anyway. Some of you are waiting for lightning to come and strike me. But if it does, it'll be a big bolt and get all of us. I'm in good company here, let me tell you. So, so, so Lord, it's true. You're not number one in my life right now. And so then we apologize. Say, forgive me. Just say sorry. Tell him that you've been lukewarm. Tell him that you've chosen other things above him. Don't do it in a defeatist way. The Bible says, come boldly before the throne room of grace and receive more of him. And with more of him, you'll have more love. And with more love, you'll have more energy and more perspective and more focus to do what I want to talk about next week. But to grab a hold of what I want to talk about next week without this, you're just going to burn out. And I love you too much for you to burn out. But if you love Jesus, we have prayer meetings. And we need you at them. You want us to pray for you when you're in trouble? Well, every week there's someone in trouble in our church. Come and pray for them. If that doesn't motivate you, nothing will. But you will have to stand before God and and give an account as to why you just couldn't get involved in anything that didn't involve you directly. What an indictment. We need our musicians to come. I want us to break bread this morning. And I don't want to do it in a morbid way. I certainly hope I've challenged you. And can we just remember these times, in light of the times when I'm here being the comedian that I can be? If you love me and want to be part of this church, you get all of me. You get the funny comedian guy who turns Matty Bruin into a camel when we try and get a tennis racket around his backside. Funny. But you also get this guy too. And so it is with Christ. We have all of him or we have none of him. 
If you want to tip God your 2% every week, keep it. Keep it, please. Because you are kidding yourself that you're doing what the Bible says. You're better off withholding and letting God speak. Because our lukewarmness is blurring the edges of what Christianity really is. It's not helping. Lukewarm Christianity doesn't help anybody. It doesn't help you. It doesn't help your family. It doesn't help your friends. But moments like this are incredibly important in our lives. I'm not here telling you off. I'm with you. I can be as lukewarm as the most lukewarm person in this room. And I'm just trying to model to you and be vulnerable with you as to what I do in these moments. And God will put death and God will put sickness and God will put unemployment in our past to help us and remind us what's most important. I've never had to deal with anyone who's got a loved one that's sick, who didn't come to the realization of what's most important. And it's not their business. And it's not their money. And it's not their house or the extension or their pool. It's always people. And that's why I know God is for us. Because inside of one of us, He's put something there in us to love people. Because when the crunch comes, that's where it comes down to. But what a magnificent church if we could live in that realm just a little bit more than we do. Let's stand. It is 11.30, we normally finish. If you are so bound by time, please feel free to leave. But I want to break bread right now. If you're a believer in this place, the Bible says, reflect just before we give out the elements. The Bible says to reflect and to think about what we're about to do. If we don't, we eat and drink judgment on ourselves. If you've been lukewarm before you eat and drink, let God know, apologize, then eat and drink. If you're not a believer in this place, as we're receiving the elements, why don't you receive Christ into your heart? Say, Jesus, I want you as Lord and Savior. You big, me small. You right, me wrong. And then let someone know. And I hope that person then lets me know so we can brag about it and let everyone else know because it's so wonderful when people come to Christ. We have people coming to Christ on Sundays. We have people coming to Christ on Mondays and Tuesdays, midweek, and it's just awesome. As the elements are being distributed, can we just sing again the chorus of that song, please? This is the end of the message. Thank you for taking the time to listen, and God bless.